everybody, and welcome to Fortress Comic News, episode 246. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside my amazing co-host, Mike. Welcome to 2022, Mike. 2022, everyone. Thanks. Happy New Year, Chris. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, hope you all had a safe and fulfilling holiday break. Um, we're starting the year off strong. Just want to get it out of the, out of the gates here. We have an interview today with Skylar Partridge. You can check out my cool background, some of the artwork she's done. Um, so look forward to that. But anyways, Chris, did you have a good holiday? Uh, yeah, even though like this past two weeks in terms of like celebrity passings and whatnot has mm. been pretty uh, jarring. Yeah, the whole Betty White thing uh, right before the end of the year, that sucked. I mean, yeah, Betty White was a big one. Um I know it's neither of these are comic related, but then also John Madden a few days before yeah, passed away. Yep. Yep. Um, both people who were a big part of my life, the things I enjoy. Um, and then someone in the community that a lot of people may not know, uh, if we remember the, uh, the show comic book men, but mm-hmm. Rob Bruce from comic book men passed away as well. And he was only uh-huh. like 50 something. So he's super uh-huh. young, but he was a Titan in like that scene. and. New Jersey, New York. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. best of luck to yeah. all the families out there of those people. But yeah, it's, so it's been a crazy couple <laughs> weeks mm-hmm. for that shit. I, uh, you know, I had a couple. Well, I've had like a week off from work, and um, you know, I just doing some stuff, putzing around. Figured I'd go to this local comic shop near me. I'm not going to name any names. Uh, I had a very interesting experience there. I was excited because, like, you know, their weekly newsletter they put out, they get, like, Ahoy Comics and uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of indie shit. So I get in there. It's one of those old, musty comic book shops. You would, you know, expect a lot of the the normal ones that have the really old, grumpy owners. But I, like, I gave it, like, you know, I gave it the benefit of the doubt. But, uh, yeah, I I was looking for some indie stuff, and the way the indie stuff was set up was like away from like away from all the other comics. Nothing was very organized, you know. It was almost like it was almost like this person's basement turned into a comic book shop, pretty much. And I I mentioned like oh looking for some indie stuff. Oh, we don't sell much of that, so whatever's there. He's like all that stuff on that shelf. I lost money on blah blah blah. And then he gave me this huge speech of like why bad idea comics is awful and why all these new publishers don't help out any creators, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking to myself, like, bad idea is the reason a lot of people have gone into comic book shops. I didn't get into a whole argument with this guy. I mean, he started complaining about how much he made as a comic book shop manager and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, yeah. but I still bought my books. I still supported the, the shop and I, you know, I bought like $60 worth of books and I left. Um, but he was saying like none of this indie stuff sells. Well, when you when you don't have an organized shop, this is for any comic book shop. And Chris and I come from a very nice one that has everything clearly labeled, sectioned off, alphabetical. The new stuff is up front. You know where the new comics are. I, I stepped foot in this comic book shop on a Wednesday. I didn't know where the new books were. <laughs> you know that's not good. Like on a Wednesday, if I'm walking in, and yeah, a lot of people coming in have a pull list, but like. I was looking for Swamp Thing Green Hell. Like I should have been able to walk in and like Swamp Thing Green Hell by Jeff Lemire should have smacked me in the face. You know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah. it was more, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't the shop's problem. It was the industry's problem. And you and I know that there's a lot of successful comic book shops out there that do it right. Um, it, it, yeah. But, and listen, a lot of any books don't get like the buzz that, you know, 
uh, uh, that the Superman Son of Kella book just got, or that right. the new Batman right. book's gonna get, or something like that. Yeah, but when you put when you put battle monsters next to Batman because it's in alphabetical <laughs> order, you know, right, 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 exactly. Yeah. People are gonna be like, "Oh, what's that thing?" And maybe flip through it, and maybe they won't buy it, but right. At least they looked um, at it. Same with like any other, you know, in, indie book that's out there. Like, what's my yeah. bads next to what? Uh, I don't know. Magneto or something. Like, yeah. yeah, Magneto. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, that's unfortunate. That I've always been a proponent of shop small. Like, I like to support yeah. my local businesses and everything, but I'll say this. Yeah, me like, too. That's why I was there to be, yeah. Yeah, I'll say this though. Like, if, when I walk into any store, not just comics, and like that's what I get, or I don't get like decent customer service, you're giving me a reason to shop big. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah right. you still have to try. I, yeah, that that disheartens me that that's what you went through. There's there's some good shops around me, and I'm not going to name names. I really love some shops around me that I will go to. They're just a little out of the way, um, but I could clearly tell like this person wasn't reading the indie stuff. And that's what kind of upset me. Like he was a lot of those, a lot of those older shops, they just get really like, I don't know if they just don't like any of the new stuff coming in. They want to read Green Lantern and Spider-Man. And, and like when I walked in, there's these books they're promoting on the shelf and they're just like, it's like the new Mark Miller book and it's a new DC. It's like, and it says like, you know, risk-free reads. And I'm like, you don't need to promote a DC book twice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's just my personal opinion. And and here's all this, like, you know, I had to sift through to find, like, back issues of Ahoy Comics, which is all great stuff. We know what it is. Um, Vault Comics, Aftershock, all that stuff. And when you're, like, already pushing it away from your customers in the corner, like, they're not going to be excited about it to begin with. So there's some, like, give and take of, like, okay, nobody's buying these indie books. That's because you yourself are kind of putting Marvel and DC in front of everything. So um, just, I it was just, like, I wish you were there with me because you would have been like, damn, that really like that just kind of like ruined my experience of going to the, I was like all excited, like, you know, texting my girlfriend, like, oh, I'm going to a comic shop and I, you're not there to supervise me. You know what I mean? Because she was like working and I'm like, I'm going to buy so much shit. And I honestly didn't buy as much as I would have. Like I was, you know, I had some uh, cash from Christmas. It wasn't my own money. So I was ready to be like, here we go. Ready to make it rain in that comic yeah, shop. Yeah. I was like, and this guy's going to be so appreciative of my business. No, not really. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Yeah. I, I've been lucky. I think I've only been to like one shop in my life where I've had something like that. Yeah. And it's been a few for me. Yeah. You've been around more than I, like you travel more than I do. Yeah. That's the thing I do. I try to go to as many as I can. Um, but it's, I've had, I had a good streak though. Anyways, we could just jump into the news. Um, we got a pretty packed show. Like I said, Skylar Parcher is going to be on the show in a little bit. Uh, Chris and I haven't seen each other in a while, but we do have a lot of shit to talk about. So um, (laughs) I don't know where to start. I guess we'll start with TV. Uh, Their HBO Max has announced um, that they're working on a Legion of Superheroes adult animated series. uh, And that Brian Michael Bendis is going to be in the, in the writer's room. So they had me in the first half. Um. I'm actually going to bring up the topic of Bendis still being on Justice League this week because I'm just like every time I I talk about like him and his whole uh, his whole like um, what the hell is it called checkmate thing I'm just not a fan of all that stuff he's doing with Justice League um, so hopefully this is good I'm excited for an animated adult 
Legion. Um, and I think we did like his run of Legion, right? Yeah. Apparently he's leaving Justice League soon. Like he's yeah. finishing up his story. So that's good news so, for you. I, yeah, uh, it is. Um, yeah. What I was going to say was his Legion runs like one of the ones that I like the most out of all the stuff I've read from Legion. Yeah, I will right? say I it, his. Yeah. Yep. No, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But um, I really did like it. So I, I'm down for this. I'll check it out. Yeah, I think his stuff works with the Legion characters because, you know, they're, it's out of continuity, kind of. Um, you don't need to mess with, like, the normal stuff Justice League's doing or, like, add in. You can add in as many characters and plot lines as you want with a Legion book because it has so many different tangents you can go off on. Um, I think it'll be cool. I feel, too, that he ha- he must be a Legion fan because it mm-hmm. feels like his whole Superman run was to get to Legion. Yep. Uh, yep. As somebody who read the entire Just- Superman run. Um, and him being on Justice League kind of felt like DC going, hey, we got Bendis. Right. Do Justice League. You know, like, I don't, when I fell off of it, because I felt like after a while, I could just see that he was just kind of going through the motions. At least that's mm-hmm. how I interpreted it. Mm-hmm. Whereas his Legion run was really good. Yeah. So I, I'm yeah, down for him to do more Legion yep. stuff. No, I agree, yeah. Um, I mean, he's still a great writer. I just, I'm just... You know, not too happy with this Justice League, but I think Legion yeah. will be fun. Not every H- writer is gonna. Not every writer uh, bats a thousand. So, and HBO isn't gonna let a uh, bad animated series be made. I, although I haven't watched the Aquaman one. Have you watched that yet? No, I've, I'm scared. <laughs> so I, I put it on for like ten minutes uh, on a Christmas vacation, and like some of the the animation, like it really is weird, man. It's like. It, it's like teetering, it. like they didn't they didn't try hard enough, or they didn't they trying too hard, and I don't know which one it is. Of like some of the monsters and stuff in there, it just looks like a five year old drew them. So I don't really know who who the show's for. The designs bug me; it, they bug me so much. I eventually I'll watch it because I have to, but it's, yeah, I've been having a hard time even trying. Yeah, the colors the colors um, I'm not a huge fan of, but. I don't know. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll change in season two. I think it's only like three episodes. I think another problem is the episodes are like 45 minutes long. I don't want to sit there and watch that for almost an hour. I need like 20 minute, 30 minute episodes. Yeah. That feels like something that should be like uh, on a flash YouTube website for like yeah. 10 minutes at a time. <laughs> exactly. It looks like a web tune or something. Yeah. Uh, new, new peacemaker trailer that comes out in uh, less than a couple weeks time. I actually didn't watch the trailer. I'm just, I'm just waiting to watch the show. Uh, did you check it out? I did. It looks phenomenal. Uh, Cena's yeah. hilarious in it. Uh-huh. Um, I think my my favorite line is when he throws or he shoots a rocket launcher at somebody and he says, mm-hmm. eat peace, motherfucker. <laughs> uh- <laughs> that, should, that should be on a t-shirt for sure. Uh, the tagline for the show was like, give peace a fucking chance. Um, awesome. Like, yeah. They're, they're hitting every note spot on and the yep. woman in it is from orange is the new black and she was uh-huh. phenomenal in that show so i'm down okay. for this awesome. I, it was great i can't wait awesome. for it uh we haven't talked about hawkeye um episode five and six the finale uh i mean we knew the whole uh kingpin reveal was pretty awesome um and then the trick arrows like they're like, oh, if you like trick arrows, episode six is your thing because 
every trick arrow is coming out. Uh, and then the fight scene with Kingpin was like straight out of the Spider-Man cartoon. <laughs> like yeah. with his white suit and everything and his cane, like they really did the comic book animated uh, Kingpin. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, I I think I texted you during it, like, and uh, Yelena, when she pops oh, yes. up. Mm-hmm. So for episode five, she is just hilarious. Is I that love the when... mac and cheese scene? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. <laughs> and then every time she shows up after that, she's just delightful. I yeah. She might be my new favorite character. Yeah. Uh, so I loved her. I love that end fight scene. Um, I love the, the kind of redemption of Echo in that last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I don't believe the Kingpin's dead for a second. No, when they show him, when they the gunshot is off camera, he's yeah. not dead. Yeah. I've, I've read too many comic books to know. Like, listen, mm-hmm. when, um, what was the, the Thor miniseries? Was it Siege? Mm-hmm. Where everybody had a hammer? <laughs> <laughs> um. It, yeah, the Sky Rain hammer. It was really bad. But uh, in one of the <laughs> scenes, uh, Bucky dies, mm-hmm. but we don't see a body. And I'm just like, yeah, he's not dead. Yeah, he's not dead. And then they announced the miniseries like two weeks later with Bucky in it. But so yep. I've learned that if you don't see a body in comics <laughs> and now in comic book shows and movies, they're not dead. They're coming back. I, I think it's more of something Echo maybe moved to the side and shot like near his ear. And then, like, as, like, a, I can kill you whenever I want. Leave me, like, let me leave this life of crime, you know? Well, and we talked about how they want to do an Echo series on Disney Plus soon, too. And mm. that seems like the best villain that's set up for her to have. Yeah. Is oh, yeah. Ben. So, right. Yeah. I, the show was so much better than I thought it would be. Um, yeah, for sure. And just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I look forward to more Kate. I look forward to more Elena. The only reason I was glad it ended is because we got Boba Fett the week after. Um, and yes. Boba Fett was amazing. So so uh, people were talking about, um, if you remember Parks and Rec, do you remember a, the, um, is it the filibuster scene with Patton Oswald? Do you remember he, um, I don't know if he like lays out the newest Star Wars, but he, so, he says like something along the lines of like, you know, sh- uh, like camera camera pans like to the Sarlacc pit and a hand reaches out from the from the pits the sand pit of Tatooine or something like that the Mandalorian gauntlet of Boba Fett reaches yeah. out yeah <laughs> reaches out that they, they literally did that in the uh, the first episode of the book of Boba Fett it was absolutely amazing um we, we get we get the we get the caught up of like where has he been <laughs> um so I, real quick uh yeah. There's been a uh, there was a documentary done where Lucas said that like that was his plan originally for uh, um, return was to add a scene like that oh, where okay. his hand reaches out yeah and, and then we kind of learn like Boba Fett's not dead right uh, and apparently because this episode is directed by Robert Rodriguez and he said yeah. that that's, that scene was a direct shout out to Lucas to be like we did it for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did yeah. see Robert Rodriguez directed that at the end. I was like, oh, shit. Um, I thought that was really cool. I was not expecting to see a giant spider lizard thing <laughs> in the middle of the desert. Uh, that was pretty wild. Um, I think 
I mean, I I could watch a thousand episodes of this dude. Uh, I can't remember the name of the actor, but the guy who plays Boba Fett is just so captivating and amazing. Um, yeah. The I mean, you're the you're the Star Wars fan here. So what did you? I mean, what did you like about it? What was your the modern day stuff was whatever. I mean, he's the new crime lord. He's going right. about his business. It was a cool fight scene. But honestly, like if they if this entire series is just showing what happened to Fett after the Sarlacc pit, that was the captivating stuff to me. Like him mm-hmm. getting out, him being taken by the Tuscan Raiders, and then gaining their respect in the end. Yeah. Um, fighting Goro for Mortal Kombat and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's, that, that's what I said. I texted my sister before. I was like, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the dude from Mortal Kombat. She's like, yeah, I thought that exactly same thing. <laughs> yeah. Just everything about it, uh, the the back and forth between he, him and the Rodane uh, dude who like squealed on him when he tried to escape. <laughs> yeah, that's messed up. I loved everything about this episode. It just a smile on my face from ear to ear the entire time I was watching so, it. You're not going to give me the whole, like the, the modern day thing of like him just lifting an arm and shooting a rocket at it. <laughs> well, yeah, that whole sequence was cool. I really enjoyed yeah. that. I was trying to figure out who this, uh, this other group was that's fighting him. And my, yeah. immediately my brain went to Crimson Dawn. Cause I've been mm-hmm. just flooded with Crimson Dawn shit this past month or so. Yep. But I'm pretty sure it's not it. So that'll be intriguing to see where that goes and how he handles being a crime Lord and everything. But mm-hmm. the past stuff was what got me like every also the, that um, was great. The new rendition of the Cantina song. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy the guy's uh, man, uh, mandolin solo. And that's, uh, oh my god, what the hell is the guy's name? He's from the I don't even know the the alien that's in um, Return of the Jedi. The blue guy was it there? Yeah, I couldn't uh, tell his name. Either. Yeah, I'm not but, that hardcore. Oh man, and and correct me if I'm wrong. We see um, some dudes painting a symbol and raiding a house, right? In, yeah, um, that's the the gang I'm speaking of. I was trying okay. to figure out who that was. Okay, um, was that was that Luke's old house? I think so. I think that's what they were trying to get. I mean, everybody's long gone because this is you know after Return of the Jedi. So, um, and then if, I was like, oh, yeah. If it wasn't his house, it was a moisture farm of some sort. Yeah, like you could yeah. tell it was. I think they were trying to get you to get excited about that. But I mean, I'm excited for the next episodes. I can't wait. Yeah, this is just hit the spot. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a while since we had new Star Wars stuff, at least yeah. live action Star Wars stuff. Right. And right. As soon as it went on, I was just so happy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, that's And that's what I thought too. I'm like, man, I really could go for a Star Wars movie right now. Uh, speaking of movies, Matrix Resurrected, did you watch it? I did. <laughs> so... Uh, Matrix Two Meta for me is what I've been calling it. Um, what do you think? Thoughts out of the right out of the gates there. Uh, rather, I'll say it was my second favorite Matrix movie, okay. which honestly isn't a hard yeah bar to climb. But yeah. uh, it's not as good as the original. Nothing right. ever will be. Mm-hmm. But I was pleasantly surprised. I kind of expected hot garbage, to be honest with you. I mean, I liked the first half. Probably a little more than the second half. I think the whole, the whole meta thing of like he built a video game called The Matrix One through Three, 
And that's kind of like where they put him was great. And then like the second half was just kind of like, okay, he's stopping bullets and not dying. You know what I mean? Like that, that stuff was cool. But like, I think the idea of like where they put him in was kind of interesting. So I feel like, and after doing research, I found this to be true. That entire first like 20 minutes of the movie where they're talking mm-hmm. about the video game and everything was literally um, the director winking into the camera being like, I don't want to make this movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm being I think forced so. to by WB. Yeah. Oh, I found out later. That's the truth. Cause you notice um, only one of the sisters is working on it. So the other one just flat out didn't want to. Oh, um, okay. And I ended up finding out too, they almost during, cause they started filming at one point, I think they started filming before COVID. Yep. And then during COVID we're almost like, so we don't have to finish it. Right kind of trying to get out of it okay um i'll say this i was surprised by some of the themes i was kind of surprised at how they went with this resurrection plot it's been a while since i watched the third one so i can't did neo die at the end i, I can't think remember. he gets taken away to the city i don't even remember i only watched the first yeah. one rewatched the first one ever so um yeah i was surprised at how heavy they went on some of the like the freedom themes <laughs> in today's yeah. climate. Um, but I'll, I'll say the, the, the brightest spot of the whole thing was the, the therapist. Um, oh, oh man. Uh, Barney. Barney Stinson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, yeah. Him being the, like the big bad was yeah. cool. Um, I like how they handled, uh, you know, actors not returning. Like, we just reskinned mm-hmm. them, everybody. It's like, okay, yeah, like, like in, in a, a Fortnite world, I get it. Right, right. Um, oh, no, I think it was good. It was worth it was worth watching. It was enjoyable. Um, I mean, the guy that got to play Morpheus, though, is uh, is the um, it's the dude from Watchmen. Who do you play in Watchmen? He plays Dr. Manhattan. Oh, that one. I went to the movie. Sorry. Oh, that's. Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah, no, no. The TV that's show great. Watchmen. Yeah, that's that's Doctor Manhattan from TV show Watchmen. That's interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I thought that was interesting too—a way to kind of bring Morpheus back, especially once they explained that like time had passed and they had been resurrected mm-hmm. and everybody's old. I liked how Morpheus got his like send off too. Mm-hmm. He was kind of voted to be king or whatever, and then yeah. eventually passed away. Yep. So it, it it was fun. It's a fun movie. It's worth watching. Yeah. But yeah, it's not going to top. It, it didn't need to be watched before our top five. I'll say that <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and now like HBO Max, you know, the next year, now we're in 2022. It's uh, they're going to still have exclusive movies coming to the streaming service, but now we're not getting like the movie theater ones anymore. So yeah, Sad. it was a time and place. Yep. Um, okay, let's uh, let's jump to this interview with Skylar Partridge, and we'll see everybody on the other side. All right, everybody, we got another very special guest for y'all. Everybody, welcome to the show, Skylar Partridge. How's it going, hey, Skylar? Good. How are you doing? Good. Good. Thanks for being on the show. Um, glad to glad to finally have you here. Yes. And uh, as we do with all our first time. Uh, guests, we like to do a little bit of an origin story. So, um, I know you got some stuff out there now, but let's. What got you into comics? I know you do graphic design, right? So, 
what kind of, where did you make that, you know, change over to comic books? Um, comics was 100%. Um, I would say probably from early childhood was, they were oh. always in my life. So cool. I had, I had an older brother and I wanted to do everything that he did. So he read <laughs> comics and played video games and did all that yep. stuff. So naturally uh -huh. I had to do those as well. Um, but yeah, so comics were kind of always in the peripheral, even if I wasn't actively reading them, they I was watching, you know, X-Men, the animated series or Batman, the animated series, the cartoons, Hell yeah. 90s cartoons. Um, yep. And so I was kind of always aware of superheroes and comics. And as I got older into junior high and high school, then I kind of started realizing I wanted to draw them. Um, and it just kind of blossomed from there. I went off to went off to school and kind of didn't really do anything with comics for a long time. But I always, that was kind of always the style whenever I was drawing for myself or if I had the opportunity, you know, in school for a project, the, my work always went sort of comic illustrative um, as far as the look and the appearance. And, you know, life happens, ebbing and flowing in and out of jobs. And then you kind of meet the right people at the right time and kind of moved me into that direction. And I started, no, I started learning more about conventions and mm -hmm. what other artists were doing. And social media was still something that you could kind of use to your benefit at the time that I was kind of getting into comics as far as making them. Um, so was able to put my work out there more and, and meet more people and network and kind of mm -hmm. wound up here. So it sounds a lot, you know, smoother than it was. It was a big, yeah, bumpy road. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what was your like first published work then? Like what, what book would you say? You kind of were. Um, I believe the first published thing I did. I mean, I did. I did some indie things, you know, where mm -hmm. somebody was self-publishing, and, and so they okay. published it okay. themselves. I did yep. some covers for people. Um, first published work, I think, was probably Relics, if I'm okay, remembering Relics. correctly. Yep. Um, as far as through a publisher, not self-published. Mm -hmm. so. And that that was last mm -hmm. year, right? Finished up. Um, it our, finished up beginning of last year. Yeah, January was the the last issue that came out. So, well, and and I have that. It might actually be almost exactly a year. <laughs> wow. Okay. Interesting. So, <laughs> fairly fairly new in the industry then. And so, like, give us the rundown of relics. Um, relics was kind of a happy accident, or I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know if it was a happy accident, but it it kind of <laughs> came out of nowhere. Um, they were looking for a replacement artist. Um to carry on the story. And I had the, the opportunity to say yes. And so I jumped onto this book that had been kind of in the works for, I think a couple of years before I knew anything about it. Um, and had the opportunity to, to work with Vald and Adrian and Damien and, and Tim Daniel and Chad Rebman and Matt Nicholas are the writers on that. So mm -hmm. it was a, it was a really great experience and, and was definitely kind of getting thrown into the deep end. So I'd yeah. gone from doing little shorts for friends and, and Kickstarters and pinups mm -hmm. to suddenly having to, to run before I felt yeah. like I was, even yeah, like a, a scheduled book. So you actually had like, you know, a timeline <laughs> to go by and stuff, yeah. right? Which is daunting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's quite a change. I, I can imagine. Yeah, um, definitely. And then, and then you got into DC. Uh, did you start doing covers for them and then some B stories DC, or yeah, DC actually, um, that I started off with the DC Pride uh, last mm -hmm. spring, so that was yep. my first uh -huh. my first um, dip into DC, and that kind of just led to a little bit more work, and and had the opportunity to jump onto other shorts, and um, I did the 
the DC villains and then yep. the Bonham Migdal stuff for, for Wonder mm. Woman came. So it was kind of all rapid fire, which is, yeah. seems to be the way with comics is it's nothing. And then it's everything. <laughs> and then it's everything. I mean, yeah, that, exactly. I mean that's so cool to, uh, for you to be on like a, a mainstream book, like Wonder Woman too. It's I mean, bucket list the course stuff. of a year, right? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah it's uh, definitely like pinch yourself. Yeah. Doesn't compute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think many people can say like on the resume, oh, I was part of a book that uh, Danny DeVito had a story in as well. <laughs> I didn't actually even know that until the book yeah. was put in previews. So I was like, what? <laughs> that's, that's insane. Yeah. I, I think when we, we read about that, I was like, I, that can't be Danny DeVito. I was writing a, writing a story, right? And like, oh, no, they put him in the front. <laughs> like, right. Absolutely. But, yeah. I, I think yeah. you and I had the same reaction. I had read it twice. <laughs> yeah. I read the release twice. <laughs> yeah, and you got to work with Dan Mora. So, what was that like? Did uh, did you work on or see the script ahead of time? And he had a lot of notes for you and stuff. Or uh, Dan Waters for oh Dan the, Waters. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Dan Mora is the artist. Yeah, Dan it, Waters. Yeah, the script was was taken care of. So it was it was just delivered to me, and then I ran through layouts with um, uh, Totoro was mm -hmm. my editor on that, and then Dan. And so we ran through back and forth, figuring out areas that you know, we kind of thought needed punching up areas that they thought I could go a little harder on things like that. And mm -hmm. then just went for it. So. Yeah. And that's awesome to be, yeah. to be part of that. Mm -hmm. and yeah. In the DC pride book, which one, which story did you do in that one? I did um, the question Renee Montoya. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I remember that too. Yeah, that was, that was, like, that was one of my favorite stories oh, too. Nice. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we don't get enough Montoya stuff. I, I think. agree. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah she's yeah, pretty awesome. That's another bucket list. Another bucket list item, I think, yeah. would be getting a chance to work with Vidal again on yeah, Renee Montoya. Yeah, I think awesome. they would kill it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's. That, I mean, that's so cool. And so, like, I mean, Aquaman uh, to be coming right mm -hmm. right now. Yep. And then going to Wonder Woman, I mean, are you, do you change up your style at all to go from like an Aquaman book to Wonder Woman? Or are you kind of just doing, doing your same approach? It's about the same approach, I would say. I think yeah. I went, I went a little grittier and darker on the Renee Montoya story because it was such mm -hmm. a, a Gotham story. So right. I went a little heavier mm -hmm. on shadows and that kind of noir feel. Mm -hmm. um, Wonder Woman and um, Aquaman, I... I think I was a little cleaner. I think I had a little cleaner line style there yep. and it wasn't quite so noirish. So less shadow, less, less ink there. But mm -hmm. for the most part, it's about the same. I kind of try to, to skirt the line between um, kind of tight line, tight, clean line, but also having a feel of motion in, in that line work yeah. as well. Cool. Interesting. Mm -hmm. um, and so for this, this one Roman story, this is part of the like overall arc that's going on, right? There's a crossover Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's so going to be going a big there? crossover event this year for Road to Trial of the Amazons. Was what I've been working on with Wonder Woman, and then there'll be mm -hmm. a big crossover where all of the tribes are coming together. So it's it's a big deal. Oh, that's really cool. Um, so those books come out soon, right? I think. Yeah. Um, the Wonder Woman. The, it, we've been moving toward the the road now. The Road to Trial of the Amazons is actively ongoing. Mm -hmm. So I believe. Um, 783 comes out this month and then okay. 784 will be the, the last installment before we get to the trial of the Amazons. Awesome. And is the, the trial book, is that going to be crossing through the different Wonder Woman related books or is that going to be its own limited series? 
That I'm not 100% sure of. I think it's its mm. own thing. Um, but there, there'll be crossovers from other stories. So Nubia, um, okay. the what's yep. happening in, happening in Nubia will come into this, come into play here. What's happening mm-hmm. in the core Wonder Woman story will come in here. Um, also, uh, Yara Floor, uh, her story is going to come in. So all of the tribes, everything that's been happening kind of all meets in the middle. So that's all those awesome. other books Very are cool. building toward this. <laughs> so is that like big zoom meetings with everybody working on the, <laughs> on the Wonder Woman projects? Or? I think, I think on the core, on the core Wonder <laughs> Woman book, there is yeah. um, oh, okay. the, for, for the Bon and Migdal stuff, it's been a little bit more smaller team, uh, the mm-hmm. team that's working on that story specifically doing um, you know, meeting up and emails. So how's it, how's it been working with, uh, you're working with Vita Ayala on that, right? I adore Vita. Or, yeah, they, yeah. I've worked with them a, a couple of times. We actually met, um, before I was really doing any kind of comic stuff oh, wow. really early on. So when they were working, um, with, I think right before they did the wilds with black mask, um, hmm. we kind of met through the internet, the nebulousness of the internet. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And just kind of, you know, struck it up and kind of always wanted to find something to work on together. And it didn't quite work, but we kind of stayed in touch with each other. And, you know, their career took off gangbusters around that time. Mm. And, and mm. they've just yep. been continuing to kill it. And yeah. uh, so they, they actually asked for me for the DC Pride story, which oh, was so a cool. humongous honor. And yeah. I can never thank them enough for that. That's so awesome. Yeah, they're yeah, incredible. I mean, it, it's you. You got. I mean, over the last year, you have a pretty good uh, rep sheet going. Now that's awesome. Good. Yeah, for you. it's it's definitely one of those things where you kind of pinch yourself and you're you're yeah. As with any kind of freelancing, you're kind of like, mm-hmm. God, I hope this keeps up a little while longer because <laughs> it yeah. can all go away. You know. <laughs> yeah, and I I think one thing that we've noticed with all our guests that um, especially like up and coming people that. Uh, the community is something, the community that you build with other writers, other artists. I know that we work with a lot of Kickstarter people um, that have their own Discord channels and stuff, and everybody seems to try to help each other out as much as they can. And it seems that's kind of what helped you out too, is having a a group to uh, chat with or, you know. Absolutely. And, you know, yeah. comics comics is an interesting industry because um, mm-hmm. it can feel really lonely because everybody's isolated. You know, we're all working. Right. Um mm-hmm in various parts of the world. And so, yeah, the community is really, really important and being able to kind of network digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think historically co- conventions were such a big deal for networking and, and getting your work in front of people. And, and now the internet is another resource that the artists and writers can use. And yeah. so developing those relationships with other creatives is, is really important. And, mm-hmm. you know, Comics is is a hard industry, and it's not for the faint of heart. That sounds really <laughs> really trite, but <laughs> you kind yeah. of have to love it to want right. to work your way through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's why people want to help each other out because it's hard. You know, it's yeah, hard, and right. it's under it's it's underappreciated a lot of the time mm-hmm. um, in the in the broader scheme of of entertainment and media. Yep. You know, we've got the movies that kind of are taking all of uh all the glory right now yeah <laughs> which right, now exactly. i love those too but yeah mm-hmm, comics right. kind of you know they get kind of pushed over here a little bit so yeah, yeah we all i think i think everybody wants to try to help one another get further along because mm-hmm. we know how how much of a struggle it can feel like sometimes oh yeah 
for sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's gotta be rough too. I mean, coming up at this time when you can't go to cons. Yeah. yeah. Well. Like, <laughs> you're finally getting your up at your up and comings and it's like, oh man, I can't go to a con kind of promote meet and people, meet people yeah. and do all the stuff. Yeah. Well, that's why I was mm-hmm. talking with a friend of mine not too long ago and I was like, the last convention I went to, I didn't have any books. You know, I had oh, wow. yeah. I had my own art that I was doing um, mm-hmm. and little little things I'd done, you know, maybe a Kickstarter right. thing here or there. But yeah, so by the time I ever get back to conventions, there'll be a lot more stuff on the table than <laughs> yeah, ever used to Yeah, you're going to have a full table now. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah you're gonna I went from like, like wannabe oh, to actually having stuff to show people. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, congrats. Over the last year, you've definitely got a lot of work going on and you're you're up for freelance, you said, right? Still? Yes. Yes. Okay. So she's up for hire, everybody. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Covering covers mostly is is kind of the thing I'm taking this year. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. Um, So do you feel like we would, uh, we'd have to bring up one more book before we let you go, though. You did Resonant Mm -hmm. over at Bolt as well. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that one. Yeah. Uh, Resonant was dream project. Um, David Andre is one of my favorite people working in comics. Yep. Um, he's one of the most generous creators that you can hope to work with and is a very trusting collaborator. Uh, there were a lot of times when I would just throw stuff at him and be like, what if we did this? Uh-huh. And he was like, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. So, cool. you know, he's, he's definitely amazing. And Jason Wordy was the colorist on Resonant and an incredible colorist mm-hmm. somebody that i just sent stuff to and was like he'll take care of it i never worried yeah. about what he was gonna do <laughs> that's always a good feeling yeah. yeah so that was it was a dream project to work um with vault again and to work with that team um mm-hmm. just really an incredible group of people and again another another situation where i was um kind of coming in to to take over for another artist because ali alejandro had been on um i'm oh, sorry I, I mispronounced his name Alejandro Aragon is his last name. Okay. Yep. Um, he did the first arc for Resident and did an incredible job. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I had big shoes to fill coming in with that second arc. But Vault was amazing yeah. and encouraging and, and kind of let me find my way and, and just take the ball and run with it. So it was an amazing yeah, experience. That's awesome. Yeah. Vault, especially, Vault's one of those publishers that, especially Mike and I have been just loving recently with all oh, the yeah. stuff they're putting out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They've got like Types vertigo vibes where they're, they're mm-hmm. taking risks with things and, and doing a lot yeah. of new, a lot of new work and, and getting a lot of new creators out there with interesting yep. and unique ideas. So yeah, yeah they're definitely yeah. somebody to, to check out their titles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I keep telling comic shops, like carry more of this stuff. Yeah. DC is cool now too, though. I mean, Wonder Woman's awesome. So I, <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge I, I DC love, fan. I love DC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm always looking for like a Hoy Comics and Vault Comics at shops too. Oh, but, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, absolutely. All right. So, uh, Skylar, where can we send our listeners and viewers if they want to follow you on social media? Yeah, for sure. They can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Those are the, the two main ones I use the most um, as at Skypatridge. And that's S-K-Y-E-P-A-T-R-I-D-G-E. Those are the two main things as far as social media go. I also have a a Ko-Fi coffee. I'm not sure how exactly you say it. If you like to, you know, send people coffee and and do that kind of thing. I've got one of those Um, just under my name, Skylar Patridge. I've never even heard of that before. (laughs) So you can send people, we can send you a coffee. Yeah. Well, basically what it is, is it's kind of like a a smaller version of Patreon. 
Um, okay. So instead of doing like a month, you can, I think you can do monthly subscriptions to somebody there, but you can just do a one-time thing and you can okay. decide how many coffees you want to send. And it's basically three okay. bucks. Yeah. Okay. So you can That's be awesome. like, I'm going to send you 10 coffees and yeah, just yeah. donate, you know, some money to, yeah. to creatives. It's a, so. it's a digital yeah. tip jar. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, I did notice on your website too, you don't have a shop yet. Cause I was going to, I was, yeah. Not yet. Up, I are know, you working yeah. on that? Okay. I'm working okay. on it. Yeah. This year there okay. will be a shop up there. So I've got, I've got a lot of books that hopefully people will want to buy now that yeah. I didn't have before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. yeah Cause I'll, I'll wait for them to, to go up there for sure. Um, yeah, Skylar, thanks for being on the show. Um, Chris will have all the links, right? Yeah, and everybody, before we take off, uh, make sure to check the show notes. I'll have links to Skylar's website as well as the Comixology page where you can find all of her books. So make sure to check those out as well. Skylar, mm-hmm. thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so yeah, much for having you. me, guys. It was great. And we're back. We're back. So... Support her and all the cool stuff she's doing. Check her stuff out. Um, yeah, more of that. And we got a lot of comic book news to to jump through, Chris. Yeah, like three weeks worth. <laughs> three weeks, three weeks worth here of comic book news. So we're gonna just go right to that. Um, Marvel's announced that they're celebrating Carnage's 30th anniversary because I know everybody is waiting for this one with a new ongoing series title. Ready for it? Carnage. Wow. The series will be written by Ram V with art by Francisco Mana. Uh, Ram V writing this, though, has got me interested. That, yeah, that team alone has me interested because Francisco's yeah. art is yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Carnage uh, fans be, that's be happy. Hype. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that Carnage fans are getting that, a cool book. <laughs> the five of you that are out there. Yeah, they're out there. They um, and, made a movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, well, they made a movie where I guess he was in the title, right? In the movie, Let There Be Carnage. Let, let There Be Carnage. Yep. Yeah. And other Marvel anniversary news: the publishing house will celebrate the 60th anniversary of both both Thor and Hulk with a crossover <laughs> called Hulk versus Thor: Banner of War. Wow. Um, what a play on words there. The series will be written by Hulk and Thor writer Donny Cates and have art from Martin Cocolo. And if that wasn't enough, the series here will have covers from the legendary artist Gary Frank. Yo, come on. Oh, man. Yeah. Sold. Okay, this this is awesome. <laughs> I'm in. What I'm reading hell? both those books yeah. anyways, so right. I'm in. Uh, yeah. It's just so funny. They're like, what can we do to celebrate both of them? Oh, we can put them against each other. <laughs> It used to be a thing that happened in the Ultimate Universe all the time. I've, and I'm sure it's happened in the regular Marvel Universe, too. But I know there's, like, Thor versus Hulk books in the Ultimate Universe that I read oh, a ton for sure. of. So. Yeah. Um, Larry Hama has announced that he's returning to Marvel for a miniseries set during his 90s Wolverine run. What? The series is called Wolverine Patch and will have art by Andrea DeVito. Uh, that's pretty crazy. Patches is back. Patches back. <laughs> um, I have no idea who that is. Uh, so, if <laughs> Marvel fans remember, there was a time when there was no Fantastic Four, so okay. they created a new Fantastic Four, and it was Wolverine's patches, where he wore a suit and he had an eye patch. I don't know; he couldn't heal his eye or something. I never read the book. <laughs> wow. Um, Hulk was in it, and he wore a suit with a top hat. Oh my god. 
I'm trying to remember what he was called. And I don't remember who the other people were in the book because it was that bad. Wow. Amazing. Um, now I know I didn't know what it was. Uh, Larry Hama. Larry Hama's legend. Legend. Like those yeah. G.I. Joes. G.I. Joes not exist without this man. Um, so. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, DC Black Label is getting a prestige size miniseries from writer Joshua Williamson and artist Leo Max. Uh, the two creators previously... Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I missed the Punisher news here. Hold on. Let's get into the, the Punishers returning. The Punishers returning with new series in March. The series will be written by Jason Aaron with Jesus Saez and Paul Azaceda. Uh, the series will be published weekly in 13... Pres- 13 prestige size installments. 13, that's a weird number. Also important to note that Marvel's retiring the original Punisher logo in favor of a new one as they took to change Frank Castle's place in the Marvel Universe. That's awesome. You got Jason Aaron writing the Punisher? What the hell? He's done cool Punisher in the past. Um, the new logo is god-awful. It, it Just god-awful. <laughs> is it? I haven't even looked at it. Yeah, uh, it is. Um so uh, everybody, because I'm not going to edit this out because I'm lazy, but yeah. somehow the the news you were just writing got mixed, got like cut uh, in half. Yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, I was trying to piece it back together. Okay, but yeah, so it's got awful, and they're they're changing it because of the reasons we all know. Um, what has happened with the Punisher logo and recent things? But I guess mm-hmm. he's going to like go and do something with the hand now. So I'm like kind of interested. But at the same time, it's the Punisher, and I don't really care. Um, I'm trying to look for the new Punisher logo. It's so bad. Is that it with, like, the horns? Yeah, where it looks almost like a demon. What the hell? It's. It, I'm sorry, uh, the old... So, this is the unfortunate part of this, that I know nobody wants to talk about, because they're more worried about their political opinions than the actual conversation. But the original Punisher logo is so good. Like, mm-hmm. it's so iconic. Right. You can't, you cannot replace it. No matter yeah. what you do, it will never be as good as that logo. No, it won't. So when I saw that, I just shook my head. I'm like, this is just bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I almost, if I was Marvel, I would almost just own it. Be like, yeah, yeah that's the Punisher's logo. Right. The people using it for other things that don't understand what Punisher is for, like, about, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, Unfortunate DC news. DC announced that the recently announced Shazam series, the new champion of Shazam has been delayed six months. Wow. Uh, we can now expect it August, 2022. That sucks. Cause I was really excited for, uh, for doc Shaner's art on that. That's uh well, so when this originally hit was the week that we missed an episode. Mm-hmm. And at that point it was announced to be delayed indefinitely. Oh, which okay. I was just like, really? Like, we're just not going to put out this book? And then it changed yeah. after a while. So it sucks, but at least it'll come out. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering why. When yeah, does the Shazam know. movie come out? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe that's getting delayed. Um, DC has announced that Tom King and art team David Marquez and Alejandro Sanchez are working on a new Batman title. The series is called Batman Killing Time. It'll be a six-issue series featuring villains Catwoman, Riddler, and Penguin. Um, I don't know if I'll be checking this out until the series is done. It goes under my Tom King rule. I'll see when it's done yeah. and I see what people say or t- saying about it. 
I'll check. Honestly, it out. I didn't right. even read Batman and Catwoman the, from this last few weeks. I just. <laughs> I'm like four issues behind. To be fair, I'm behind on a ton of stuff because my life has been nuts. Yeah. But yeah, I think I'm four or five issues behind on that. I I just didn't, I couldn't even care to read it. Uh, yeah, DC Black Label is getting a prestige-sized miniseries from writer Joshua Williamson and artist Leo Max. Two creators previously worked on a long flash run during DC Rebirth and returning to the Speedster with a series called Rogues. The series will center around the fan favorite Flash villains. Yes. <laughs> I'm Hell in. yes. I'm so in. In my opinion, the best part of Flash is the rogues. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so if you're going to do a book center on the rogues, I'm in. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, Joshua Williamson just keeps pumping out these books, man. I know. It's awesome. Um, yeah. And like the prestige formats, I've even like, I know you can read them digitally, but like I've gone out of my way to like buy some of those just because they look so awesome. And I'll talk about this this week, but like one dark night in uh, green hell, those like variant covers are so cool. And it's just so fun to read this giant ass magazine. So I, I've told you in the audience that like, I'm starting to move over to digital for a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. and pretty much everything DC. I just buy digital now. Yeah. And, but the black label stuff, is I gotta buy because yeah. yeah the yeah the prestige format is so good it's really cool. Um, after announcing that Mark Wade is returning to DC for backup stories in Detective Comics, uh, DC has announced those stories will set up his new series Superman Batman World's Finest. The ongoing series is set to launch in March and will have art by Dan Mora. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool coming back with the World's Finest. Yeah. Although I'm going to take uh, uh, Mark Wade on for a second. It's Batman Superman for a reason because nobody yeah. cares about Superman. They care about Batman. Yeah. Fight me, Mark Wade. Superman, Batman. That's interesting. Sean Murphy is retani- returning to his fan favorite series, Batman, the white Knight. Hell yeah. New series is set 10 years after the event of the last series with Bruce Wayne still in prison. Gotham Motors CEO Derek powers now controls Wayne tech and is set to undo all the good Wayne has done when a young man, Named Terry McGinnis steals a bat suit and fights back. That's right. The new series is called Batman Beyond the White Knight. Holy shit. And they will bring Terry into the alternate timeline. What? Give this guy all the freaking money, dude. Sean Murphy, you son of a bitch. So any other week, the Mark Wade doing uh, Batman Superman World's Finest uh, yeah. would be the, the top news of the week that I'd end on. Right, right. Um, at least in the DC section. This yeah. is the top because I fucking love White Knight. I yeah, think you did too. Yeah, it's so good. So to have Sean Murphy back doing it just makes me so happy. But then to uh-huh. take that book that is an obvious homage to the animated series to uh-huh. its obvious conclusion, which is the best yeah. Batman ever, Terry McGinnis. Yep. I'm so ready. I'm so, yeah. yeah. This, this yeah. is exciting. Um, very cool stuff. I, yeah, that that series has been so much fun, um, and the art is fantastic. Can't wait for that. Yeah, I'm I'm so ready. Star Wars. I, I can't wait to see uh, Batman Beyond in that art style. That's what I'm pumped for. Yeah, and what what villains he pulls out for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's only ten years, so he did say like Napier will be a part of the story as well, and this and that. But it'd mm-hmm. be cool to see if he brings some of the original Beyond villains in as well. Yeah, that'd be sweet. 
Star Wars is getting a new series called Han Solo and Chewbacca from writer Mark Guggenheim with artist David Messina. Uh, Mark Guggenheim, isn't he like a producer? Or am I thinking of someone else? Um, the series is set between films Solo and Star Wars A New Hope. It will see Han and Chewie teaming up with Greedo to pull off a heist for Jabba the Hutt. Um, not bad, not bad. I think most Star Wars fans will probably be excited for that. Yeah, I'm down for this. Um, Han Chewie cool team up with Greedo. Um, he's asleep on a chair right now. I obviously <laughs> my cat Greedo. Yeah, so I'm all for this. I and I've been loving the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, uh, Mark Guggenheim. Mm-hmm. Let's see Wikipedia. You're almost right. He is a American screenwriter, television yeah television producer. He did Flash, didn't book he? Writer and, yes. So he worked on Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow. Arrow. Okay, Arrow. Um, he was <laughs> he was a writer for the Green Lantern movie. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like I know him from TV because a lot of the Arrow episodes he wrote with uh, Berlanti and uh, whatever his name is. Yeah, but he's uh, he's written for Marvel and DC. He did a Iceman Human Torch story. Which, oh, oh I've missed that one. That one. <laughs> okay. He did an Aquaman book, uh, Wolverine, Punisher, cool. and he he's he's got some real duds on his list, man. Yeah, <laughs> he, I just know him as a TV did, writer, so it was weird to see him. Yeah, he he did the script for the video game uh, from Rare called Perfect Dark Zero. We all remember that one. Oh wow, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, Arrow Vixen, Supergirl. He's done. Yeah, so that's where you know him from. Is all CW verse. CW stuff. Um, IW, IDW has announced that Cullen Bunn is returning to Godzilla. This was pretty big friggin' news. Uh, right alongside artist Freddie E. Williams, Bunn will face Godzilla against the Power Rangers in a series properly titled Godzilla vs. the Power Rangers. Yes. Me- Megazords versus Godzilla. That's all I needed to start this year off. Let's go. I want to see that. Just however many issues 22 pages don't even bother with the fucking power rangers put them in the goddamn megazord yeah don't even we don't need to see them (laughs) on the ground we like maybe one panel of them getting into a megazord and then that's all i need to see yeah uh the only thing i'll say is i don't know about you but freddie williams's art isn't my favorite but I'll i'll still check it out but you know you take it where you can get it i guess yeah um all right let's talk about what we read this last couple weeks few weeks i don't know yeah i got some from a few weeks um so right now i haven't read any of my comicsology originals so that would be we only kill each other number two uh clear number three night of the ghoul number three and all nighter number four have not read any of those hopefully chris has read some of those um spoiler i haven't okay (laughs) jupiter's legacy uh requiem number six it uh so this ends vol- end of volume five for Jupiter's Legacy. Volume six begins spring twenty twenty two. Um, crazy ending to it. So basically, this other world invades Earth and starts killing all the heroes, um, and like wants to take over. Like they've pretty much tricked the superheroes into being like, oh, we're gonna be peaceful, and then they start killing everyone. Well come to find out this other brother of the family of, uh, um, Oh my God. I can't think of the main, the main Superman guy in, uh, Jupiter's legacy. Um, but 
basically they they said that he has a he has like a brother that doesn't have powers. Well, that's not true. That's just where um that's just where they were hiding the Superman guy. So like when when the invasion happens, like they come to his house and like throw him in the street and they're like, "Okay, we'll kill him." It's like, "No, you won't." Like he's the he's the defender of Earth and he's been in hiding. So like he starts like, you know, laying waste to these villains. Uh, meanwhile, we know Sky Fox was the piece of shit in the original series. The guy who, um, the guy with like the teleporting, uh, um, like wand. Mm-hmm. Him and Chloe have children together, and he, Chloe was the original, um, was the sister of the is, of the Superman kid, and their parents were like Superman and Wonder Woman, basically. But um, he finds her on the other planet, so he teleports himself, and he like they've been split up and stuff. And he's been like he's still like a drunk and like a piece of shit. But he says like he realized something bad is going on. He says teleport. Uh, he, oh, so they send some villains after him to like take care of him, and he says like whatever he says into his uh, into his wand, it does. So he says like teleport into all of their hearts except for one of them. So like the wand like teleports into everyone, all the villains like chests and like kills them. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's awesome. And then he gets to the planet where she's being held. They're like, yeah, we're going to kill her. We're going to kill your family, whatever. And he gets uh, his, like, legs blown off. So, like, Sky Fox is laying there with his legs blown off. And, like, Chloe is, like, trapped on this planet. And he's obviously there to save her. And so, like, he says, okay, create a force field. So, he creates a force field around him and all the villains on this planet. Like, their little army they have. And they're like, you're an idiot. Like the force field was supposed to protect you. And it's like, we're in here with you. And he goes, no, create a black hole. So he creates a mini black hole and like kills all of them. Um, so like he's dead. A lot of the heroes are dead. She's still there with some of the villains like um, that have her captured. But like there, there's a war about to begin, I think, between all the heroes. Um, this story has been pretty crazy. Mark Miller is still writing the hell out of it. Um, and just kind of when it was like slowing down again, he hits you with this whammo thing, you know, that's like, oh man. And now we have to wait for the next volume. Yeah. I gotta catch up on that. Yeah. Uh, Berserker number six, Keanu Reeves, Matt Kent. Um, basically they, they have a mission where, um, they go to extract, um, the Berserker and this, and one of his teammates, and they don't get to that point. So he has to like start carrying them through the, like to the top of this mountain to be extracted. Um, they start talking about like how he, he has this origin. Why does he pick a fight? Why does he pick a side to fight for? Um, and like, he wants to know his origin and stuff. We'll come to find out this guy that he's been working with getting him to open up was all a clever, like ploy by the scientists that are like controlling him. Um, to, uh, about their own objectives. So now they have this item, I don't know, some type of amulet or something they're going to use to, um, uh, I don't know. He keeps talking about, he wants to find his father and you know, from like the first issue that his father is some type of God like Zeus or something. So, um, I think the people that are controlling him probably want him to find his dad so then they can exploit that power. Cause they're already exploiting him for the military. Um, are you still reading berserker? I never read Berserker. Oh, you never read it? Okay. Nah, I never really cared. Um, Justice League Incarnate, pretty awesome. This week. I actually missed, I missed this up or issue. Okay. Um, you know, there's more shit where they're, they're fighting Darkseid on another planet. Um, 
and lo and behold, they can't beat them, so they have to uh, throw the um, they have to throw the crack in the multiverse to another Earth, right? Because I think that's the theme of this book. We're just going to go to different Earths. Um, right now, they're all kind of the team gets split up by the end of the issue. Um, I'm not really sure what worlds they ended up on, but you see, you see the Thomas Wayne Batman is on like some cartoon Earth where the art isn't the same as everybody else's. So it might look like a, it almost looks like, um, like a bat mite or something. Or is it, um, is it like the Shazam world? Like the old, it Billy might Batson be, world? I don't know. They, the art is definitely different. Like they're trying to make it look more like kiddish or cartoony, but they don't tell you, it says like the end of it, it says, where is everybody else? And it just shows you these different, um, these different worlds, but it doesn't actually tell you what earth they end up on. Uh, meanwhile, you know that um, Orion is trying to like take the ship over, uh, and he has this like crazy comic book science plan to take their um, the ship they have that like goes through the bleed of the universe and like wants to crash it into the the crack in the multiverse. I don't know. There's some crazy comic book science going on, but while they're trying to do that, um, the Batwoman who laughs shows up. So that was pretty cool to see. <laughs> Not the Batman who laughs, and they they, they talk it. about like they talk about like her whole origin and stuff like that. I mean this this book is so insane between like the comic book science and the characters that you get to see, but it's it's pretty awesome. Like if you like the multiverse shit, you're gonna like the book. Uh, Justice League seventy. I'm I'm just kind of over this. Um, I do like the second half of the the second half of the book with Ram B writing Justice League Dark, so I do enjoy that. Uh, Task Force Z. Um, this is number three. Did you read this? Oh, I didn't read that one. No, I didn't get to it okay. this week. We get the big reveal of who's controlling them. Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil that for you. Cause it's like a last page spoiler. And I really enjoyed the reveal. It was not who I thought it would be. Um, so I think you'll really like that. But there was a, there's a whole thing where red hood wants more of the Lazarus serum. He, he, he kind of asked the, the guy controlling it, like I need more Lazarus serum because like ma- these people need to be more human than they are zombies. And what he really does is he gets the serum to bring Bane back to life. And then he like throws him off a building and kills him <laughs> because he wants to get back at him for killing Alfred. So that was a pretty cool scene. Um, and uh, yeah, so that, and then the big reveals at the end. So you'll, you'll enjoy that. I think, uh, and then I had Deathstroke incorporated number four. I didn't get to reading that yet. So that's all I had this week. Oh, and then I read um, Batman I'm One sorry. Dark Knight and, uh, by no, Jock. That's not all you had. <laughs> yeah, Batman One Dark Knight uh, by Jock, and then um, uh, it's a really good Batman story. Um, it's just like a uh, one night where shit hits the fan with an uh, EMP. Interesting villain to choose. Um, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's a pretty cool story. Um, Jock's art's amazing. And uh, Swamp Thing like Green Hell. Issue, yeah. Like where the issue leaves off, where literally EMP went off, there's no lights, so now it's, yeah. we gotta get him to Blackgate in the dead yeah. of night. Like In the dead of night, fun. he's carrying this dude on his back. It's um, literally just a way for Jacques to like draw Batman in the dark. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm he fine wants with to it. Do. Yeah. Um, and then I had uh, Swamp Thing Green Hell uh, by Jeff Lemire awesome story so far did you read this yes i did 
the big reveal at the end. So like, this is like a post-apocalyptic world where the green, the red and the, um, the decay or whatever it's called, the, the gray or the, the plague. I don't know what, um, like they're all suffering too, because there's no humans or living things to prey off of. So they're like, we need to kill more humans, you know, um, to, so we can, we can, uh, thrive. And, uh, Alec, Alec Holland is like out of it. He's not, he's not the parliament of the green, but, um, there's this guy that lives on a lighthouse outside of one of these communities that everybody tells you not to go near this dude. He's crazy, whatever, dangerous. And it's almost, I got vibe. I got like walking dead vibes. You have like these two, like with, you know, the, um, with Negan or something where like you have to give your food and belongings over to this one dude in this like post-apocalyptic society. Um, Mm. and they finally go to this guy for help because, you know, now they're killing off their people because they're a weaker tribe and it's friggin' old, uh, Constantine. <laughs> and he, he, it, that was awesome. The whole interaction with him, you know, uh, that was really cool to see. And then he summons Alec Haldeman swamp thing. And he's like, dude, why did you, I was finally at peace. <laughs> why did you bring me back? And he's like, you need to get a hold of the green because they're screwing things up right now. Well, the uh, whole sequence where the the tribe that we're following kind of gets decides they're going to attack the other tribe that's been stealing yeah. from them, uh-huh. and they kill the one guy and throw him into the water. Yeah, and the green's like, no, he's ours, so that yeah. we can like take him over. Yep, and that's what kind of sets things off. That was a phenomenal scene. And yeah, that was like a horror movie. Of it, yeah, yeah, the whole backdrop of it was basically that people had fucked the world up so bad that the <laughs> yeah. everything you you see on in like environmental uh propaganda yep. like yep. came true <laughs> yeah exactly. and uh and so every year the water's rising and like these people are trying to live off of this thing but yeah when mm. constantine shows up and he's like an old man like that made me i was so happy and i love the ending yeah. i love the scene I just the book was amazing yep no, it was and really prestige good. format. You got to read it in print, everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was awesome for sure. Um, that was it. So, did you you didn't read DC versus Vampires number three? Yes, I did. I don't know. Was that on my list? Yes, I did read it. You can talk about it. Okay. Uh, the reason I didn't read Task Force Z number three was because this book is better, even though I wasn't looking forward to it, and I was looking forward to Task Force V. Oh yeah. Z. I, I do have it here. Yep. Yeah, I did read it. Uh, but yeah, so we we start off with Green Lantern. Or sorry, the Flash is dead. Nobody knows mm-hmm. who did it. So Batman's yep. going off to figure it out, doing detective stuff as you know he does, <laughs> as he does. And the rest of the team's trying to figure out what's going on, um, and they, none of them can really figure it out. But Green Lantern finds Wonder Woman and kind of talks to her separately and is telling her the whole thing. She figures out that he's a vampire, so he decides to turn her. And bring mm-hmm. her to their side um, with his mind powers. Oh, yeah, and yeah, with <laughs> I didn't realize he had mind powers. By the way, yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's like a backstory of what's going on in Gotham with uh, Nightwing and Batgirl, which was a lot of fun. How the the villains are being hunted down, mm-hmm. but the A story was just so good because yeah. Once he, she gets turned, they go back to the Hall of Justice and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And they both come up to her, to the rest of the Justice League and are like, listen, we know who did it. It was Batman. He's the one the whole time. Ooh, yeah. And that's how we end it. Yeah, yeah. The book is so fucking good. I know. It's it, awesome. Yeah. Just everybody read it. It's so good. 
And like the Wonder uh-huh. Twin looking for his brother with Batman. Um, Heartbreaking. Yeah. I'm hoping he comes back. Like, I don't know. See, he's got to come back somehow because he's been liquefied. Maybe maybe she can like, I don't know. If she gets in the water, the, the Wonder Twin powers can activate still or something. Something's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, dude. And the fact that like they... They talk like Batman talked about detective shit in this one, which made me so happy because they're like talking yeah. about how he knows that he got liquefied and then put down the drain because of trace yeah. DNA and all this. Shit. I was like, oh, thank like, you. Like, yeah, so nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, this is the Batman I want. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Aquaman, Green Lantern, Deep Threat, number three. It was a, a super villain monologue for an entire issue. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Gotta love those. The book's, the book's fun. It's it, if you're not either a huge Green Arrow fan or a huge. Um, I'm sorry, I said, yeah, it's Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Threat. If you're not okay. a huge Green Arrow fan or a huge Aquaman fan, I wouldn't suggest this book. It's nothing special, mm-hmm. but it's just fun. It, time travels involved. So basically, what happened was um, the the villain found out that through time travel, two things come back at the same time. They confuse together. So now he's this like half man, half dinosaur because he tried to go back to the dinosaur age to steal dinosaurs apparently makes sense and uh during a mission that green arrow and aquaman were on they went into the same um time machine came back when so fusing together they swapped lives so they're Uh, trying to figure out why that happened interesting yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's fun yeah timeless number one uh, mm-hmm. If you're reading any Marvel comics, go buy this book because it's probably it's basically the setup for the rest of the year. Oh, okay. um, we meet this professor who's like a professor of supervillainry. He um, we find out that he writes a book about um, Doctor Doom at some point, all this. But Kang mm-hmm. finds him and says, like, you're obsessed with Doom, but there's a villain better than Doom. Me, Kang. And uh, <laughs> hey, takes him on his adventures with him. We end up finding out that while they're together, you know, and the professor studying Kang, that there's a, a drifting timeline that threatens the main one. And so they have to go to it, shut it down before it infuses with the main timeline and ruins everything. Mm. And what, what happens in this timeline is basically um, Reed Richards has to like save everybody. And by doing so, he ends up killing everybody because he wants to save the timeline and make sure that the sacrifices weren't for nothing. Oh, so he ends up stealing the Dr. Doom armor and two of the infinity stones and, and tears his eyes out and puts the stones in his eyes so he can control time and space. Okay. And it's this really fucked up battle. It's really cool. But then there's this moment where Kang sees the next, year of what's going to happen and this was kind of like the here's the marvel previews moment of the the Uh book and we see that uh we see the punisher with his new symbol Uh we see the reckoning war and what's going to happen there we see thanos with the mjolnir like we've seen in donnie's books um we see a bunch of events that we know are going to happen and then we Mm -hmm. see something we didn't know were going to happen like uh bucky and cap fighting and um couple Hmm. others as well but what happens at the end of the book after so they solve the timeline they fix everything and they go back to their lives but kang is left with one artifact of something that's 
going to merge in with the the main Marvel universe and what it is is a a scroll of sorts and we just see the top of it and it has the Miracle Man symbol on it. Oh wow. So anyone doesn't know uh Miracle Man was basically during the whole Shazam lawsuit shit, like they just made another version of Shazam. Yeah. And that was Marvel Man, which then became Miracle Man. Yep. And Marvel has the rights to it, but hasn't done anything with it. Well, mm-hmm. obviously now we're getting something. So they did something with it. Well, didn't Garth Ennis do something with it a while ago? Uh, no, they reprinted was, all the old ones. Oh, was that it? They but, just reprinted the old ones. Yeah. And they've been trying to get Neil Gaiman because Neil Gaiman did a run back when, and they've been trying yeah. to get him to finish it. Yep. Um, but no, it was just the the reprints. Oh, okay. Because the funny part about the reprints. Excuse me. Uh, was Alan Moore did the when they re- when they brought Marvel Man back and turned him into Miracle Man? Yeah. Alan Moore did the story for it, and then Neil Gaiman took over after that. Mm-hmm. So if you buy the reprints, Alan Moore would not allow Marvel to print his name. Yeah. So it's just written as the original author. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but Timeless is is good. Uh, but if you're a Marvel reader, read it. Cool. Blue Flame number six. Um, this kind of gives more of a backstory into all the different heroes that we're dealing with. Um, Blue Flame gives us argument for humanity through the use of these heroes and why they're the best of humanity and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, really good issue. I I thought this was a six issue miniseries, but I just looked at previews and issue nine solicited. So I'm happy this book's going to go on because I'm really enjoying it. See, we talk about Swamp Thing, we talk about Vampires, Deep Threat, One Dark Knight. King Conan, number one. Oh, shit. Uh, pick, pick this up because Jason Aaron and uh, um, Muhammad Osar are doing the book together. So this takes place, uh, Conan has been king for a while, and he goes out on uh, his boat, and he gets stranded in this the middle of the ocean and comes back on sea. And when he gets to this island he notices that all the water around the island is filled with maggots Mm. so it's called the maggot drenched sea and um he meets up with an old villain they fight they argue he does conan stuff and at the end of the the issue conan starts yelling at the sorcerer and you know tells him that you know your magic means nothing blah blah i will defeat you and the sorcerer's like i'm not the one um doing this something's wrong and what we find out is that the island at night raises all the dead so there's oh. the whole island just covered in shipwrecks and dead people and skeletons so we just That's see like, awesome. all these zombies and skeletons come up it was just a fun conan story and i just love jason aaron it's awesome and then devil's reign um i'm gonna talk about issue one and two because we didn't get to talk about issue one so this is taking place after the Daredevil run Chip did. And basically we find out that at the end of the, the run that Kingpin has this document that says Daredevil's identity and it's blank. He can't read it because of what happened during Mark Wade's Daredevil run. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's pissed about it. So he approaches Daredevil, Daredevil taunts him and Kingpin goes back and decides that if that he's sick of superheroes. So what he's going to do is makes being a superhero illegal in New York. 
Everybody remember Kingpin's the mayor of New York at this point. Um, and when he does that, so we see a bunch of different heroes trying to fight it. And we get this great moment with Tony where Tony's like on camera and they ask him about it. And he's like, we've been through this before. Everybody remember the civil war <laughs> and stuff like that. And, uh, and then we find an underground bunker led by none other than Captain America and a bunch of other heroes, including Miles and Daredevil and Elektra and so on, that are going to fight against the whole thing. And they, their plan is to, led by Tony, to run somebody for mayor to go against him so they can change the law from the inside. Um, and then we find out at the end that this whole secret organization that was running Kingpin's political campaign is not satisfied with Kingpin being mayor of New York. So he's going to run for president. That's how the first issue ends. Cool. And second issue, we see it. Second issue is a bunch of fight scenes. We get, um, Spider-Man fighting Taskmaster as Taskmaster has been brought in to bring Spider-Man in and Luke Cage ends up saving somebody and making this big speech. And then they all decide that Tony's not the best candidate. So they are going to put Luke up for mayor. And um, that's basically the issue. It's the issue that was like in any good event, you set up issues for the spinoffs. That was the right. issue to set up spinoffs. <laughs> but it's really, it's a really good event series, especially if you've been reading Daredevil. Um, and the speeches by, I'll tell you this. I keep saying this because I want someone good to write cap. I would love if Chip would write cap because he understands that character. Yep. The two speeches he has in that book are awesome. Come on, Chip. Have at it. Yeah, do me do it for me, Chip. <laughs> That's everything, Mike. So where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you and or the show? They can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter and the show at Fortress Comics underscore on Twitter. Uh, also, everybody, remember to like, subscribe, share, comment down below if you're watching the YouTube version to give us the six five star review. Six on, stars, uh, if possible. <laughs> hack the system, give us six stars on Apple Podcasts or a podcast you use and share with your friends. And if you want to go the extra mile, patreon.com slash Fortress Comics. And I believe that's everything. So thank you so much for listening this week, and we'll see you all here next week.